Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. So welcome to the Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I am here today with the wonderful Steve Byrne, the CEO of Travel Counsellors. Hi, Jeanette. Nice to see you, Steve. Nice to see you. Good to be with you. <laughs> and we're here in Manchester, my hometown, and in right. these wonderful offices here. So uh, yeah, it's, it's great. We got it in the diary. Indeed, it's great to see you. <laughs> Fantastic. So Steve, we're going to talk about sort of your career, business life, anything you want to tell me, really. Brilliant. Um, so I think to kick off, can you just give us a bit of a counsellor's background where life started for you sort of where you've ended up here and then we're just going to have a nice old chat from there if that's Brilliant. Right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm as old as I look so uh, <laughs> I've been in the industry for a first hour. I started off in life doing my accountancy and uh, uh, and an MBA a long 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 time uh, time ago uh, then uh, worked as a consultant with KPMG and then uh, went into travel I was finance director and a luxury tour operator then became CEO of that of that wonderful uh, business and then uh, joined Travel Counselors 18 years ago. <laughs> Everyone else laughs as well. 18 years ago as, uh, as MD, I think was made CEO, uh, I think it was about eight, nine years ago, something, something like that. So yeah, so that's my very brief potted history. Wow, God, 18 years nearly. Do you get a carriage clock soon? I hope not. <laughs> it's a sign. It's a sign I'm on my way out. So. What happens in 20 yeah, years? Oh, well, you know, we'll have to see. Well, no, it is a long time, isn't it? And the business has gone through loads of like changes during that time because obviously originally set up by David Speakman way back when, back in the day, wasn't it? Um, and so a family business and then MBO, wasn't it? Management buyout that you guys did. Uh, and then, of course, private equity involved in the mix. So do you want to just maybe talk about how the business has changed with all those different kind of um, ownership structures and sort of where you were back in the day and where you are now? Because it is transformed, isn't it, as a business? We're keeping the core of the of the offering and the values, but it's a very different business today, isn't it? Well, I think the sort of three phases in the company's uh, evolution, which people might be able to, to recognize and relate to that the first phase was was family owned and as you said super super uh successful and that laid the foundations for all the success that the company has uh, has had uh, and continues to be the case and then we did a private equity deal in 2014 with a PE house called Equistone and they uh, invested in the business for uh, four years and uh, in that in that in that phase, we put some corporate structure to the uh, to the business with professional investors. That's expected. So mm. you created a, a board governance structure and you know, executive roles, and we invested in the wider leadership team, building out the management capacity and capability, uh, and carried on investing in the technology platform that we offer. So Travel Councils uh, is a community of uh, close to two thousand Travel Councils. Who run their own travel business using our using our platform, our own te our technology platform? We provide lots of other things as uh, as well. So we carry on investing in 
uh, in that. And then in 2018, we did a secondary buyout with uh, Vitruvian uh, partners. And that third phase of the company's e- uh, evolution was about how we can position and invest in the company for it to carry on growing or scaling, both the company scaling, but also what can we do to enable individual travel councillors to further extend and scale their individual businesses and accommodate uh, a myriad ways of people of working to use the, use the platform. So rather than just having people who, who were sole traders working from home, how can we accommodate different type of business models? So people having their own business and employing people, people, people growing their business but using the services of other people within the travel counsellors community. So that third phase is about how can we scale at a macro level and a micro level but still keep it still keep it intimate. So with three phases of, of the evolution of the company, privately owned, then first PED, which is about investment in corporate infrastructure, team investment, development of the of the platform. And then the third phase about scaling it but still keeping it intimate and scaling it both at an individual TC level and at a company level. But the foundations of the company have always been have always been the same and the values of the company have been the same. And the values of the company were about making sure that everything that the company was about, whether it was where we had 10 travel councils before my time or 2000 is the case today, is that we uh, were doing the right thing by the customer. So we, we, we want to do the right thing by the customer, make sure that the trips, the holidays and the travel we provide is right for that customer, personalised to that, uh, to that customer. And, in, and key to that is also endeavouring to do the right thing by our people who support our who support our customers, that's our travel counsellors, and our colleagues who support them. So as well as our 2,000 travel counsellors, we have a support team of about 300, 250 here in Manchester, and then 50 plus in the offices that we uh, that we operate operate in. So three phases of growth, and the company's grown to this year will turn over about 700 uh, million. Uh, the company's has since the day it was started significant double digit growth every year we had a couple of blips recently <laughs> well, i'll talk about that in a minute <laughs> uh, but the, the foundations of caring for the customer caring for the travel counselor and uh having a, a strong entrepreneurial uh spirit we've tried to stay true to that throughout the those different phases and, and the entrepreneurial side at the same time as scaling and growing is that a tricky balance, you know, because you're trying to, you know, obviously you've done a huge job at professionalising the, and the structure and the governance and all the good stuff that you have to put in when you're scaling a business, but there's almost the 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 opposite kind of ethos to that it is the entrepreneurial spirit. So how does that kind of play out um, in reality? Well, I think your key, your key reference point is, is growth. Most people who, you know, choose this type of career path for themselves are ambitious and they get excited by growth, they get excited by winning and doing well. And the key thing is, is trying to predicate that on some fundamental things, i.e. I'm doing the right thing by people uh, and I'm uh, doing the right thing by customers rather, rather, than, rather than the opposite of, uh, of, of that. So how can we grow by doing the right things and grow significantly? So the, the company is one of the few, few companies that over a long period of time has, has had double-digit double yes. digit growth. So I think the fact that you're ambitious for growth drives a certain level of, grows a certain mindset. Now, whether you're a professional investor or whether you're the entrepreneur that creates the business, you want growth. Your motivations might be different for that growth, uh, but, the, but, but, but growth is what, what you want. So if you want growth, you want to make sure that growth is, is delivered and 
delivered in a way that's got a reasonable amount of tempo to it. Now, some parts of your growth may take some time, but some things can be done more more quickly. And most people I've worked with, whether they're founders or professional investors, are agitated about success and, and growth. And I think that sort of language will also appeal to people who share a similar ambition to be part of your part of your team. So I think how do you keep it entrepreneurial? You keep focused on on growth and wanting to do wanting to do better. And we use a phrase uh, here, and I say we, I use it, so it probably <laughs> ignores me when I talk about it, uh, that I learned from someone else, which is being positively dissatisfied. So I'm overall positive about where we are and how I am in my, in, in my, in my life, because that's, in, that's important. And you know, things do happen in our lives, don't they, that, that cut across that at times, Absolutely. that can make things difficult. But from a business point of view, I'm positive. But I'm also agitated to do better. I want to do better for uh, our people, better for our customers, better for our... Uh, better for ourselves. So I think that positive hesitation to to want to be better and be the best, uh, I think, has been a fundamental of travel counsellors and a fundamental reason why the company's carried on growing. And that emanates from the way it's created. Yeah, no, honestly, there's so much in it. And it's such a success story. And to have gone through those three different phases is phenomenal, really. And like you say, I mean, this is a big, big business now. It's not a, a small family-run business. It's a completely different beast. But keeping that DNA... Um, from the original sort of core business from all those years ago is 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 where the joy is, isn't it? Really, because that that's the glue. Would you say like those values that bring everyone together? Well, I think the, the most important thing is the thing that's the most difficult to try and quantify, and it is that human glue. But this cements <laughs> the the business is the relationships. So we're a relationship based business. Our travel counsellors are brilliant at building relationships with their customers. They're outstanding at it. Travel counsellors get invited to customers' weddings, but by then they're friends, funerals. We even had one travel counsellor, one of our most successful ones, who had arranged a holiday for someone and the customers couldn't go because they'd been let down in caring for their pets. And the travel counsellor ended up looking after the pets whilst they were, so they could go away. So we're talking about a level of personalisation and intimacy that very few businesses are able to afford. So it's a relationships with the customers and then it's relationships here as here as well. And you know, you'll have you'll have heard about the trust equation and I'm a I'm a big believer in in that. Trust is the glue of life. It's the most powerful thing you can say to someone and I trust you, I trust you with your holiday, I trust you with my children, I trust them with my uh, with my with, with my money. But trust is is formed by you know, by frequency of interaction and by consistency of behavior and underscored by the amount the amount of self-interest or lack of self-interest so you know our travel council will provide holidays or corporates for the customer because it's right for them not governed by the return that they that they get because they want to do the right thing by the customer so the customer comes uh, comes back to them and i think i've shared this be, uh, before about probably 15 years ago now so i'm showing my age so terry leahy who was the successful boss of Tesco spoke at a travel conference and he said that the problem then was that most travel businesses spend too much time and money trying to chase new customers rather than look after the customers that they've already they've already got. That really struck with me and the company, you know, its foundations is based on look after the customers so they come back to us and two thirds of our business in any given year is repeat business, i.e. someone has booked with us before and the rest of it comes from referrals or networking but advocacy from the customers that you've uh, that, that you've that you've got. So, we want to make sure that we live to that value of to, the, to that aim of building relationships by acting to the values that we've 
that we've got and the key value that we've got is caring so that's the reason why we why we exist uh there's a survey came out in the state some time ago and it said something like most businesses would disappear and no one would notice because it not every business understands why they why they exist and both at a company level and at an individual level. It sounds a bit heavy this, but if you're really latched on to why am I doing this? So it might be to build a better life for myself, my family, to be able to give back to ch- whatever it is, whatever is the reason you're, you're doing. And at times, the reason may be very, very basic uh, about keeping a roof above your head and et cetera. So that, that's understand, understand what, and what's really, really important to me and in, in business terms here our why is to care more care more than anyone else so to set our stall out to care more than anyone else for our customers and by doing that they'll come back to us and refer us and we in turn set our stall out to care more than anyone else for our people now you don't always do it you don't always do it not deliberately though but the intention is always authentic but because we're imperfect the execution doesn't always take your places and and things happen in life and in business that cut across it. And the most you know, recent example of that is, is COVID, which was brutal for our sector and brutal for, for, this, for this business. So COVID forced us to do things that we, we didn't want to do. What we were adamant about doing in dealing with that brutal downturn in our revenue, we were 15% up and went from that to 95% down yeah. in the space of two weeks. And that lasted for you know, 18 months or so is it forced us to do some things that we would not otherwise have been doing. So, so sadly, you know, we reduced the numbers of people that we employ and you know, we were refunding customers, etc. But it, it shouldn't dictate how we operate. So let's, trace, let's stay true to our values. Let's remind ourselves why we do exist. Because if that was working for us before COVID, if we do it during COVID, it will also bode, bode as well when we come out of, of COVID. And I think understanding why you ex- exist, and probably COVID reinforced the importance of knowing that, that why because at a business level and individual level knowing your why COVID proof will give you something to hang on to to say why am I persevering with this because I've got every temptation not to not to do it and it also works for the good times too yeah no you, you know you're spot on because you're absolutely right some some people never find their reason why and you know life is too short isn't it I mean it's sounding all philosophical now we're getting all deep and meaningful but it but it's absolutely true you know, if you don't know where you're headed and why you're getting out of bed in the morning, whether that's for you as an individual or for the business or for the team or whatever it is, you know, it's going to be quite hard to ever feel satisfied or fulfilled or that you would be in a better version of yourself. And I'm, I'm 100% with you. I always say to people, try and get really clear on what's going to bring you joy. Why are you doing what you're doing? You know, is it for the right reasons or is it because you think you should or that it's what other people expect of you? Um, and I think, you know, that's such great advice for anyone listening um, or watching, actually. Um, you know, find your reason why, find your purpose, because that will help you through the tough times, won't it, as you said? It will. It'll give you that anchor point and probably help you make, help you avoid making all the mistakes that I've made in my, <laughs> in, my, in, my, in, my, in my career. Because, you know, time passes by so, so quickly. So, you know, whether it's your application in your career, whether it's your your commitment as a partner, commitment as a parent, uh, and sometimes those things can be in competition with each other. If you understand why you're doing what you're doing, then it will help you make sure that you spend your time in a way that, that's right, and uh, you won't look back thinking, I wish I had, because you got that reference point. And it will also help justify some of the decisions that you've made. But listen, you know, I'm sitting here in, 
not so sunny Manchester, uh, <laughs> pon- pontificating. Uh, I'm only sharing all the benefits of the mistakes I've made. So. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely right. So let's talk about that mistakes then, um, and sort of touch on some of them because I think the thing is when people look at you as a really successful CEO running a business, and obviously you've had really tough times. You've had to navigate through that, and we'll talk about your sort of leadership style and what have you. But but we don't always get it right. We're all perfectly imperfect. We all make mistakes. We're human at the end of the day. But I think it's really important that we don't just sort of brush over some of that because the reality is we all fail. And if you're not failing, arguably you're not trying hard enough for certain things, you're in your comfort zone. Um, and I think just being really open and honest about when we do make mistakes and what that looks like, it's just really helpful for people because the, the image isn't always the reality. People don't always see what goes on along the journey, do they? So can we just talk about some of the maybe some of the, the mistakes and if you if you're comfortable with that, Steve, just to help other people thinking around as you're growing as a leader, as you're growing as a as a business, as a person, what are some of the things to watch out for? Things that you've learned. I think your career works in tandem with your personal life. So I think the key thing is making conscious decisions about how you want that blend to work. So if you want to be you know, 110 percent committed to your career and prepared to make some sacrifices along the way in terms of stuff outside of work, do that in a way that's explicit and conscious rather than just falling. But again, it goes back to the why. I think you can, one thing that I've learned to help mitigate making mistakes is Jeff Bezos, when he was growing Amazon, wrote to his, he does this annual letter to all of his shareholders and he and colleagues and he talked about type one and type two decisions. So a type one decision is when you, especially when you've walked through a door and made that decision, there's no going back. Uh, so it's an irreversible decision. And type two decision is uh, something that's, that's easily reversible. And it applies to both business and personal. So, you know, a type one decision in personal life is having children or, you know, or buying a house. You know, the big things that yeah. you should spend time thinking yeah. about, you know, you decide to commit your love to, all those types of, mm-hmm. of, 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 of things. Well, that's probably happens more, more, more naturally without a lot of thought. <laughs> I mean, type two decisions are, you know, uh, you can spend less time thinking about. And uh, he said most problem with businesses as they get bigger is they spend probably a disproportionate amount of their time compared to startups, mm. not building businesses, vexing over type two decisions. So they spend time and resource, different layers of management, getting involved in basically what are small decisions that people should yeah. be empowered to empowered to make. So I, I think that's a really useful reference yes. reference reference point. And I think on the big decisions, the thing that I've I've learned, so the type one decisions, it's really, really helpful to make sure that you're taking soundings from people. So surround yourself with really, really good people uh, at, at whatever level in the in the business, whoever's got the appropriate skill set and insight to enable you to make the right decisions. So, you know, we we've both in both been in corporate life, we've been part of executive teams and, and, and boards. You know, when you were running your business, we were running this business, I don't have a license to do whatever I want. There's yeah. certain controls in place. And for those type one decisions that, in, you know, in, in, our, in our world are prescribed in terms of, you know, certain amount of money you want to spend or diversion to the model or acquisition, whatever it is, that's a type one decision where the board will get involved and get involved in. And in my experience, you'll make a better decision if you take the right right standing. So yeah. I think about the type one decisions that I've that I that I've made in business where I've not taken the right soundings. I probably could have avoided making those mistakes if I'd 
taken those right soundings. Yeah, no, that's great. So when you think about people that have influenced you or maybe been formal or informal mentors, coaches, or just sort of, you know, influential people that you've either worked with or, or maybe just kind of, you know, can, sometimes it can be friends, can't it, as well, that kind of are a good sounding board for you. Is there any, any, any people that sting, you know, sort of spring to mind that have really helped you along the way? I think I'll just encourage to people to think about for people to think about who inspires them. So who who would when they're operating themselves at, uh, in work in the career or outside of work in fact and if people were looking at how they're operating and who they're behaving who would they be thinking about looking over their shoulder saying I'm proud of you you know I'm proud of the way you are so it could be your mum and dad or your brother and sister or your, or your children yeah. uh, so in my case you know would my mum and dad be proud of the way that I conduct my, uh, myself so it could be a teacher but uh, or business people come across business so you'll draw a reference from and learnings from those people but those people would want the best for you and they'd 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 want you to operate in a way that you, they'd be proud of and you would want to work in a way that makes them proud so i tend to think about it like that rather than there are individuals who have been you know great sources of of inspiration because linked to that I think it's all inspirations all around us, and one of the reasons, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm still doing what I'm doing, even though probably well past my sell by date, is that you never stop learning. Yeah. <laughs> so we you know we just had a chat before, didn't we? Yeah. I learned some things then, so uh, you never stop learning, and and you never stop building a relationship. So we we've met a couple of times, but every time we meet, we get to know each other a little bit a little bit more now. That, that to me is just what what makes the world go round. So uh, think about who you who your influences are. Think about how they'd want you to operate. Because ultimately, life is about behaviours and values rather than it's how you do it rather than what you uh, what you do. And then never stop learning and taking opportunities to learn and draw inspiration from from people from people around you. I I very sadly lost. Um, sorry, I had a friend who passed away last year. Uh, from from cancer at an early an early age, and you know, I remember walking around the garden with, you know, with with him, and you just you know you don't forget that uh, sort of sort of stuff. So it just reminds you that 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 life is just too short, and if you can spend as much of your time making sure that you're okay, so you've got to keep on taking your positive mental vitamins so that you're okay, but in making sure you're okay also. How can you help and support as many people as, uh, as as possible? Now, in business, sometimes you have to make tough decisions, but you can still do it in the most caring way. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you do you do sort of ooze this stuff, you know. Whenever you're a very thought thoughtful person, you know, and we've met a few times, but you know that you do live and breathe this approach. I, I firmly believe because whenever I've had a conversation with you or I've seen you present or you've talked about the business, you know, this is this is not just a one-off thing that you're talking about now. You know, you genuinely... You Everyone genuinely... here is sick of the sight of the sound on me because I throw the same <laughs> things, absolutely. <laughs> no, but it's good because it's, it's, it's important, isn't it? And it really, you know, the way you do anything is the way you do everything, I think, actually. How you show up is important as a leader, isn't it? Because everyone's looking, everyone's looking and people are taking inspiration. And I think to be open and honest, they go, oh, I don't actually have all the answers, but I'm going to do it in the best way I possibly can. Um, you know, I think that's that's a real strength, actually. 
So when we talk about kind of you over the years then, Steve, has your style changed? Because you've got this consistency, this thread, if you like, this DNA that runs through you. But as, you, as the business scales up, have you had to change as well as a leader? Because, you know, 18 years is a long time here and it has been a hell of a journey. And now you've got this massive business and more growth to come, you know, because the future looks great as well, despite the recent challenges. Um, but how have you had to sort of evolve and change, do you think? Well, I think you have to be resilient. You have to be comfortable with the fact that you can hope to be respected. It'd be great if everyone likes and loves you. That's probably not going to happen because you not going to be everyone's cup of tea no matter what you try and try and do and there will be some people who, who, who maybe will think the worst of you and want you to fail because maybe you've done some things that uh, they don't they don't agree with. So you're going to be resilient and be comfortable with uh, uh, with with that uh, the version you you know you see of me now is very different to the version you were seeing five ten years or so ago and I'm sure the same with mm. same with you the things that you are doing now you're learning from in a way that you weren't learning you're learning other stuff when yeah. you're in, in your in your past existence. So I think the wonderful thing is you never stop never stop learning. The way that I'm I'm now evolving my leadership style, if I have a leadership style, uh, is to lead from the back. So, you know, to build a scalable business, I'm uh, and it'll be a billion pound in a couple of couple of years' time and aspirations to go beyond that, is is build a capacity and capability within the team and create other leaders. And there's that isn't that saying is that that, that great leaders build other great leaders rather than a band of followers. Yeah. That's, a, that's a terrible misquote, by the way, but, <laughs> but you get my gist. Yeah. So to me, it's about building other leaders rather than uh, you know building a followership of, my, of, of, of myself. And uh, so, so lead from the back and build up capacity and capability for others to shine. And I think that's that that is the mo- one of the most wonderful things you can as you can do is to see see other people rise and and shine and contribute and uh, get the accolades, even if they don't they don't seek it and the rewards. I think that's uh, that's that's really really nice, mm. and that that means more to me than than any than anything else. And I, I'd rather be sticking pins in my eyes and doing something like this. I'd rather other people be doing it. Yeah, <laughs> but you agreed to do it, so here we <laughs> are. Mate, four Steve's to do it. Four Steve's to be brave, bold, and brilliant, which you are. Either. You are. Um, so you know the other aspect about the business that we've not spoke about is the international side, because obviously it started in the UK, um, but is now you know I mean it's not just a UK business anymore. And as you as you mentioned when we were chatting earlier, it's a platform. It's, it's got scale, and it can you know be a truly global business. So how has that sort of changed, um, bringing in those different cultural dimensions um, rather than it just be a UK-centric business? So expanding overseas is a level one decision. You know, it needs proper thought. And yeah, <laughs> it's my, not easy, that, is that it? Was, that would be my first piece of advice is don't just think you can wing that one. Uh, yeah, it might work, uh, but you give yourself a better chance of success, the better prepared your plans you, uh, you are. And there's, there's different ways of doing it. So... So we're now in five other countries, but we've got wholly owned subsidiaries of the travel councillors business. We have, we've got one joint venture in in, du- in Dubai where you have to have a joint venture arra- arrangement. But there are differing ways to expand overseas. I think the the key thing is understanding, you know, what's fundamental to your business, uh, which markets have got the ingredients that will enable those fundamentals to be to be met, and then what's the best way of executing that market. So is it wholly owned subsidiary? Is it joint venture? Is it master franchise? Is it master franchise joint vent, uh, venture? Is it acquisition? So think think those think those things through care, carefully, and then uh, think through carefully the 
financial resource, but also the management resource required yeah. to make sure that you execute uh, properly. And also think through, if things went wrong, what would you need to do to, rem to remedy it? So, for example, uh, if you've got a business that is operates with different language or different time zone, that that raises complex that raises complexities, and your response to fix it if things go awry is different and more complex. So, I think about those things uh, those things too. But if you can get it right, then it's a wonderful thing to be able to be able to do. But it, but it's not a decision I think you make. Uh, you make quickly. I think you're going to think about it properly. Yeah, hundred percent. You've got experience, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I've got the wrinkles and the grey hairs to prove it. But yeah, because when I was at Tui and I was heading up the emerging markets, you know, it's yeah, it's tough and it's complex and it takes a lot longer than you think it's going to do. And you can't just say, you know, we're just going to go in and apply a Western European approach to doing business in China and India or South America or wherever it may be, even in the US. And that's the other thing. People think, oh, well, US and UK must be really similar from a business kind of environment. It's totally different. Language is, is easier, fine, but no. So all of those dimensions, you're absolutely right. And, you know, you've got to think almost plan for the divorce um, <laughs> up front really in the event that it doesn't all go well because you're right you, you might have to get stuck in and, and take a different approach you know I mean certainly when I was over in China you know one of the questions oh well how do you get the money out yeah I mean it sounds like it's not what what do you mean how do you get the money out you know where should the legal entity be structured from a tax point of view should it be in Cyprus you know all those kind of different things and uh you're right it's complex but the joy of being able to operate with different cultures is is fabulous, isn't it? It is brilliant, but there's an opportunity. To, but every every hour of management time spent has got an opportunity cost. Yeah. There's the opportunity with where you're spending that time, but there's a cost in terms of what you're not doing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the decision to expand overseas. You know, you will consider also what your current market share in the, in your in your home market uh, because there's an opportunity cost of, of doing obviously when you're not if you've got scope in your home market. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the way that I would tend to uh, to uh, to uh, to approach it. Yeah, fantastic. No, it's great to see. And and in terms of you as a you, like taking care of yourself, because you mentioned earlier, you've got to make sure that you're in good shape. Um, and, you know, it has been really tough the last couple of years. I mean, the industry has been totally like, you know, on its knees in certain times and you've had to make a lot of tough, tough decisions here. So through that or through any tough times, because we've had a lot of 9-11, Ash Cloud, you know, obviously a global pandemic being probably the most extreme that we've all gone through. Um, but how do you keep yourself in, in decent shape, both mentally, physically? What's your what's your go to for protecting yourself and being able to be the best the best you can be. I think it's really important to be part of a business that, and, and we've just done this with our senior team, for people to be able to identify and share what's important, what's important to them. It, you know, it's really important to me that, not me personally, but you know, that I exercise or uh, I'm a decent, I have time for my parents or my family. What is it that's really, really important to you and then, you know, try and facilitate that to, to happen because I think that the, the further the further uh, up you can the further up you can get people in terms of their engagement and uh, alignment with overlap between their personal goals and and their career, then the longer they're likely to stay and the performance will in uh, will in, will improve. So, for example, for me, so 
you know, I'm, I try to keep fit. I, I don't. I'm sitting now, so you can't tell that. But if you stand up, you'd see that. <laughs> Very <laughs> true. <laughs> you're fishing for a compliment. No, I'm not honestly, he's digging out for a compliment. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> so try and keep, try and keep fit. Yeah. Um, I'm absolutely focused about uh, external influences. Mm. So I will absorb headlines because I think it's important that you know what's going on. Yeah. But I won't immerse myself in the de- in the detail if I find that's going to be potentially negative. Uh, and I try to make sure that I'm surrounding myself with content and with people that is uplifting and uh, and positive. And that doesn't mean that you're not in, that you're insensitive to what's going on in the world, and that there are people who are worse off than you, and you want to try and help that. But you've got to have a positive mental attitude, I think, if you want to get the best out of yourself and help people get the best out of others. So I would keep fit. I'd be ruthless about who I spend time with, what the content that. Uh, uh, that that I lead, and in any given situation, even in the most difficult of situations, which we all face uh, at a time in our lives, there is a there is a positive. I never forget my, you know, my parents both passed away and within a relatively close proximity to each other, uh, and they both had progressive terminal illness terminal illnesses. My dad had uh, progressive multiple uh, cirrhosis, and I remember I said to him, you know what? Then in the end, he couldn't do anything for him. Uh, for him for himself uh, and I said to him dad you never you know you never once complained about this and he just stood his show and said what's the point son you've got to get on with it and make the best out of it I mean that that's as inspirational as anything else you can Absolutely. so I think you take those nuggets from people that you, you you value and then try and do justice to them and to that in the way that you live your life you don't always do it because stuff happens but you can give yourself a, a mental slap and say hold on a minute I can just get myself back on track here so I would keep fit Try myself with positive content, and if I feel myself going off the rails, give myself a little, little talk to and snap out and say, "Come on." And how important is is home life for you to be able to kind of escape for not escape, but you know what I mean? Because you know, you know, arguably you're never fully off off duty because things can happen at any time. We know that, but to actually sort of you know remove yourself from the day to day of the business and be in a different environment at home with you know, how, how important is that for you? I don't think you ever switch off. It's just my answer. Probably not the right answer. No, it's no, there is no right or wrong because it is an honest answer, right? I don't think you, uh, unless you, if in my in my case, if I'm doing some, uh, uh, it's a long time since I've done any intense sport, but when I, when I used to do some very slow running uh, or if I'm out on the bike slowly, but going up a steep hill, you know, you immerse yourself in, in, uh, in that. Yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, I think the, the you, you never stop thinking about the business and the people and how you can make things better. And I think that goes with the, that goes with the territory. That's probably why we're not sensible to do it for too long. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's really difficult, though, isn't it? It's really difficult. I mean, and it doesn't matter, like you know, whether you're in the corporate world and you're running, you know, running a business like you are, or like like where I am now with with you know my own businesses. I'm, I'm never off, and, and the phone, the phone, everything, you know, sometimes Chris will say, can you just put the bloody phone down? And I'd be like, yeah, but just, you know, I could, I've just got to do this, just got to do that. And, and it is quite difficult, I think, to try and um, have an escape from, for even for a little short period. I think so, I'd just be open to book. Difficult. I, think it's, I do think it's dif- different if it's, your own, if it's your own business. So I've never done that. So I 100% respect for anyone, like our travel councils, like you have done, like others have done, Every business was started by someone who have, who have created their own business because I've never had to put my family finances, my house on the line to create something. Yeah, yeah. So I think that 
that level of intensity and, and worry and taking that step, that's not that's why not many people take it. Yeah? <laughs> it's that people want to do it and yeah. but, but, but taking the step and doing it, uh, it that's it's it's a rare skill to do that. Uh, and it's a special person that does uh, that does, does does that. So yes, it's all encompassing for me, but but I think it's even above that when it's your own business, uh, and you know you've 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 got everything staked in it. So I think you know just complete respect for anyone who has or will ever do that. But the return is, hopefully, you're pursuing something that you believe in, that you're passionate about, and that is yours, and you're completely in control of your own destiny. So you're completely in control of your own destiny. It's not for everyone. But what a special place to be if you've got the qualities to be able to put yourself in that in that position. So to me, whatever we can do with our within our business to enable our travel councils to be successful, whatever we can do economically at a macro level to help people have and nurture and create and build their own businesses, to me we should be doing everything we possibly can because because that is a special skill. Well, you make me feel so much better. <laughs> I've come I've come for a bit of counselling. I don't travel counselling. You see what I did there? <laughs> Wonderful. So listen, Steve, I'm just a couple of final questions I could chat to you all day actually we might have to do a follow-up when you get to your billion we'll do a follow-up interview and see what the world looks like then um so when you look back over your illustrious career life um can you think of either a really good piece of advice or the best piece of advice that you've you know you've had that's also something that stayed with you a long time that you kind of you know fall back on regularly I think it's it's more things that I've picked up from reading mm, okay uh, right uh so, so Howard Schultz wrote in his book, is it Outward or Onward, when he wrote about his, how he built up Starbucks, said, care more than anyone else thinks wise. So I think that, I think caring, caring for the customer, whether you use that word or customer experience, whatever, yeah. you know, ultimately the aim of a, of, a, of a business as well as have an impact on society and, and colleagues and employees, it, it's about having a customer, making sure they come back, come back to you. So I think care more than anyone else thinks, thinks wise, I think is, is good. I think the Simon Sinek, the Simon Sinek stuff, uh, right, knowing your why, I think is uh, is powerful. I think from both a personal point of view and a company point of view, actually, is learning not to worry about the things that you can't control. You know, often you you know you come across you know people who are worrying about things that have not yet happened. Yes. Uh, so you know, don't don't worry about stuff that's gone because you can't undo it and if it's not happened well it may not it may not happen uh so you know but i think that was really helpful in uh in covid and i think the other thing that's key is no matter what adversity you may face there's always hope yeah. and there's always inspiration and something that you will find if you look if you look for it but sometimes you just might have to be really focused about where you're looking and who you're looking at who you're looking with but with the right support network, you'll always find hope in any given in any given situation. It was important for me during COVID that uh, I gave or we gave our people hope that this thing would end and we would come and we would come through it. Uh, and therefore, it was worth fighting. It was worth fighting for and holding on, holding on to. So, that'd be the sort of things that I would uh, I would I would I would focus on. And I think probably as I'm getting increasingly older, I keep reminding myself is that you only get one life. Yeah, yeah. So now we're we're privileged in that we we have things that enable us to enjoy to enjoy things. Uh, but but nevertheless, you know, just in terms of what's going on in the world and what happens to people, and you know, people watching and listening to this, everyone will 
have things in their personal life that is just, you know, the, the rough part of life that just reminds you to make the most out of every day if, wherever you possibly can. Now, you don't do it every day, but wherever you possibly can, just make the most out of every day because you're, you're never going to get it back. So I'm now going to ask you if you've had any sort of bad advice or advice that maybe didn't work out as you would have hoped and you wish you'd ignored it or maybe actually you just filter that stuff out and you go no actually that's terrible advice I'm just going to ignore it and do the opposite anything that kind of springs to mind there probably isn't because I probably wouldn't have part remembered it yeah Does that make, I don't know if that makes <laughs> yeah, just sense kind of filter it out and, yeah I just yeah you, you get uh, especially after what we've gone through Covid uh, devastated the travel industry uh, it, you know what it did to this uh, biz business you just don't have time for to remember stuff like that so maybe it was there and I just but no I, I uh, uh, it just reminds you about you know what's important and yeah. and, uh, and and why you exist and what you want to do what you want what you want to be remembered for what do you want people saying about you after you've moved on from your career no, and and what that what what legacy do you want to leave about your yourself? It's not about how much money did you make or all those things that to some people are important, but what impact did you have on the people around you? That's the important stuff. So uh, anything that was I think was inherently negative, I probably would have part. You do see behaviours, and I'm probably guilty of this. I'm sure people look at me and think that's an interesting behaviour. I don't want to be like that. So I've so I'll have witnessed behaviours in myself and in others who I think I've that I've seen that because I, I don't want to be like I don't want to be like that. So behaviours I think you can see you think oh that's really good, but uh, others you think you know even in myself I think mm, I wish I could have done that better. So I'd focus on behaviours rather than rather than advice. Yeah, yeah, no, that's and also like you say you, you you're very positive. You look for the positive, so therefore I think you'll naturally kind of zone out. Some yeah, I would zone it out. Yeah, I think yeah. So. and the great thing about advice is, or, or you know, opinions from other people is, you can listen to it and then you decide what you're going to do with it. Right, <laughs> that's the whole point. <laughs> yeah, I think you get. I mean, I you know, a lot of people who are watching this, reading this, will consume themselves with content like this and try and get nuggets and stuff uh, and stuff like that. I uh, I've only got a certain amount of of, of, of capacity so you know this is this has been taxi enough for me so outside of that i just want to try and uh switch off if i can with stuff that's just non-work related because yeah. in the back of your mind you know your brain's always still wearing anyway so i don't go and search loads of other stuff because i've got enough <laughs> head's going to explode <laughs> i know that feeling so last question this podcast called brave bold brilliant steve which obviously you are because you're here <laughs> but when you think about that what does it mean to you i think it's about being the best that you can be to just be the best that you can be and that's personal that's personal to you and you know my aspiration for anyone who's part of this community is for people to be happy if they're in a place, things happen that are making that difficult, what can we do to help? Uh, where we can help, some things we can't help, but where we can help, can we help? And then just be the best that you can be. And uh, you know, a common feature of people who are able to perform the best is for them to be trusted and empowered. Uh, so to me, it's, it's about being the, best that, being the best that you can be. So no matter what role you've got, can I be the very, very best at, at it? and do all that I can to make sure that I'm contributing to a team that is also the best team that I can possibly be, 
be part of. So I'm part of something that's bigger than myself that I get benefit from and being part of it enriches the quality of my life. Uh, and I want that for everyone as part of the TC community. So to me, those three words, I would, I would talk about how can we be the best that we can be? And, uh, you know, I, I thought that you should ask, you can ask much more than, much more than that, no matter what you're doing. You know, creating an environment or be part of an environment that enables you to be the best that you can be so you can feel good about yourself because you, uh, you deserve to be good about yourself. Most, 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 most people just want to do the very best that they can. Uh, so what can we do to facilitate that? That's to me, is the key. Wonderful. Well, you are brave, bold and brilliant, Don't know Steve. <laughs> Thank you so much. Honestly, we're going to chat for hours and hours, but Thank we'll definitely have to do Jeanette. another Thank one. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review.